Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now 105 in Edmonton. It's a Tuesday. Mark Specter Sports and Inspect for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing century downs. In Calgary, you can watch and wager online, though, at hbibet.com. We will tell you that Oilers Now is brought to you for the ninth consecutive season by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, we will also mention the Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit uh, jvedmonton.ca. Tell Don and his staff at jvedmonton.ca that Oilers now sent you. We re-engage Mark Spector after uh, we go to uh, the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. This texter sends to the show a mention. Bob, uh, Ryan, in the, uh, not in the dozer, says uh, 920 save percentage, and, and Ryan Fanny had seven shutouts. How bad was he in the other games, though? I, w- I would have thought his save percentage would have been higher with seven shutouts. He had a 929 save percentage. So... Still pretty good. <laughs> Let's bring Mark Spector and Spec. How you doing? How bad was he in the other games? That guy sounds like a sports writer. There you go. <laughs> An inkstained wretch. By the way, Mark, I must confess I made a mistake in the last half hour. Oh, what's that? Well, John Blum was the guy that railroaded Wayne Gretzky once as a member of the Boston Bruins. But I said he played for the new Westminster Bruins. He did not. He was traded for Larry Bud Melnick. And you, of course, know how he got the nickname Bud, right? Well, if he was playing today, I know how he would have got it, but I don't know how he got it back then. <laughs> no, it had to do with Larry Bud Melman on the uh, David Letterman show. So Larry Larry Bud Melnick was traded for John Blum, and Larry Bud Melnick was a hard-nosed, tough defenseman out of the new Westminster Bruins when they were at absolute uh, powerhouse. Uh, they won the uh, Memorial Cup in back-to-back years, and at that time, under Punch McLean, had a bigger defense than the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Mark Fistrick's father, Boris, who passed away several years ago, uh, yep. was on that team. Uh, Johnny O'Grodick was a huge goal scorer. Uh, Stan oh, yeah. Smeal, the steamer. I mean, they had J.B. Kelly, who was an absolute terror in the Western League, and Larry Bud Melnick was on that team. He was trained, so he came from Boston to Edmonton and John Blum went from Edmonton to Boston and within like two weeks stepped up and flattened Wayne Gretzky right outside the blue line and all hell broke loose uh, as it would back in the 1980s. But I stand corrected. It was not John Blum who played for New West. It was Larry. There you go. And there you go. I, I, got a, I feel shame. I feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, John Blum played uh, at the University of Michigan and did play with the Wichita Wind way back in 1981-82. He was an Oilers farmhand for a couple seasons and racked up over a couple hundred penalty minutes a year. So he was a tough defenseman in his own right. There's your useless, superfluous uh, information. Yes, update. there you go. All right. Uh, so. Uh, Crosskin talk- starts tomorrow, by the way. Did you yes. see that? Yes. Uh, I, this what is does a tra- that tell you? Uh, uh, 
see being given a little bit of a window here, Spec. What do you think? He's their guy. That's what that tells me. This is the first. This is the first of the real. Yeah, he started Saturday night in Calgary, which was a big game. It didn't go very well for anyone, but uh, this is the L.A. Kings. You're two points behind them with a game in hand. They're coming into your place. You're going to play them again next week. Whoever starts this game is the guy that's got by far the edge on being your goalie when the chips are down because the chips are starting to fall here, and it's Miko Koskinen. So to me, he is uh, he is Jay Woodcross number one today, my friend. All right. Uh, how's your mask back? It's always not exactly been an area of strength for you, has it? Yeah, whatever. Shoot it. Shoot it out at me. Let's see what I can butcher. <laughs> All right. Uh, Drew Doughty out uh, with an undisclosed injury. Did skate yesterday. Uh, Mikey Anderson on IR with an upper body injury. Uh, Matt Waugh uh, placed on uh, injured reserve on March the 12th. Sean Walker has been out the entire season. That is four yeah. of Edler Austin. didn't play last night, I don't think. He's been, he's been nicked up as well. Four of their top six defensemen to start the year not available. The guy that's playing well for them, and he's not a big guy they got him in the Jake Muzzin trade is Sean Dursey. He's only six feet and about 200 pounds. He's a right-handed shooting D-man. He's got 23 points in 50 games, and he's had a couple fights here, and he's he's fought out of his weight class. He's fought some guys that are 6'2", 6'3". He's in there at six feet and 195 pounds. So modern-day Todd Gill with the way he fights. Remember, Todd Gill is an undersized guy, as you know, Speck. They could really mm-hmm. chuck him, and Dursey's a pretty good fighter. I didn't realize he was that good of a fighter. but Well, they brought in Troy Stetcher. Right at the deadline. And I would think Ole Mata is still there. He's probably playing a lot of minutes here, probably more than they thought when they brought him in. Yeah, and they got another, And who's the other kid I saw last night? Spence, something Spence. Jordan Spence, who spent most of the time down and on. So this is what L.A. had with on defense last night. Uh, Tobias Bjornfoot is back. He was the guy that was out. He got hurt about two weeks ago. He went dash three last night against uh, Seattle. Dursey was minus four. Uh, I'm going to guess that he was playing with Bjornfoot. And uh, Dursey played 20 minutes of the game and had a fight. So that tells you how much uh, Tom McClellan mm-hmm. was playing him. Uh, Mata played 1958. Uh, pretty sure Jacob uh, Moverar is another defenseman up from the minors. He played 1930. Jordan Spence played 20 minutes. And Stetcher played 1859. The have to capitalize against an injury plate defense in L.A., don't they, Spec? Yeah, I know this is a big opportunity for sure and they're on the road and they're you know the other side of it is i'll say you saw how focused the orders were after getting spanked on saturday well yes guess what just happened on ceremony night on todd mccollin's 1000th game the team wasn't very good in la and they're going to come up here with a they will be a focused team if they're good enough to beat you we can have that conversation but i would suggest the other kings will be exceptionally focused tomorrow night now tell a story about ceremony nights yeah, ceremony nights. So I was listening to a guy on the radio one day, uh, a bookie, sports bookie, and you know, I don't. I'm not a big better, but here's what I know: the the odds in, in you know the sports books in Vegas, they just want to win like 54 percent of the time. I think that's their number. So they're not looking to win 70 percent of the time. 54 percent, they make their money, right? So this guy was talking about ceremony nights, and he said, always bet against the team holding the ceremony. And he had the number, and he was going through NBA and NFL and all the leagues. He had the number at north of 60% that teams lose on ceremony night. (laughs) So his, his advice was, whatever the sport, whoever's playing, take the road team on ceremony night, and you win 60%. Plus percent of the time, and lo and behold, Santa walked in there last night and crushed the king. Last night was different. 
But I'm going to tell you why that's the case, Mark. Because usually ceremony nights honor retired players. And often the retired player uh, gets honored at a time in which organizations are in rebuild. Okay? So there's greater... Uh, sure, that's there, fair. There, that's, that's, that's the rationale. Think about it. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers honored all those great Oilers players after 2000, um, starting with Wayne Gretzky, and I guess, in the fall of 1999. And the Oilers were a decent team from 99 to to, you know, 06, but by the time we got into, you know, some of the later ones, Messier was in February 27th of 07, which was the trade deadline, the day that uh, Ryan Smith was traded. And then after Messier, you know, we had whoever it was. I know Glenn Anderson was after, as an example. The Oilers were, and that's what happens is those teams get in a little bit of rebuild while it occurs. It's another factor that needs to be worked in. Yeah, that's well, fair. I mean, it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply in to every last night, no. but it doesn't apply in every case. But I see your reasoning, Bob. It makes yep. some sense for sure. All right. So bottom line is they don't have Doughty. <laughs> it's that simple. He's out. you got to find a way to beat that team. They do have one guy, Mark, that for me has been the game changer for two different organizations. His departure to me was underestimated the impact for this NHL team and his arrival in Los Angeles has fast-tracked a little bit of a rebuild. Do you know who I'm talking about? Philip Deneau. Like... I'm looking at Montreal and watching Deneau last year in the playoffs. I'm like, this guy's a pretty good player. Yeah. He, he wins face-offs. He gives you a puck possession. He can check. He he doesn't score a ton, but he gives you enough. He can skate. He can kill penalties. You know what? What did we see happen? Because he was in the same draft year as Ryan Nugent Hopkins in 2011 when we were in St. Paul, Minnesota, Mark. What happened when Nugent Hopkins was out of the Oilers lineup here? What happened to their special teams? Yeah, for sure. He's he hurts. It's, he's the guts of the team, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We saw it when he was gone. What did he miss? Twelve games, I think. Yes. And their special teams went sideways. And Deneau's sitting there. Just so, and, and I know our listeners know numbers. Philip Deneau has got a 57.7% Corsi. He's at 51.9% in terms of offensive zone start. He's plus 16. He's got 21 goals this year with the LA Kings. And oh, by the way, he's always been really good in the faceoff circle. And you're like, well, how good, Stoffer? Last four seasons, 55, 54, 53, 54. That's pretty good. You know, he was 7th, well, seventh, yeah. seventh, six and 6th for the Selkie. I bet you this year he's top 5 for the Selkie. He has been a huge ad for the LA Kings. Oh, for sure, for sure. I would need to know more about whether or not he wanted to come back to Montreal. You know, whether the, the Bergevin at that time just said, we. I have a hard time thinking that Bergevin said, we don't want you to go off into the market. Um, you know, their cap space isn't great, but he would have known about Weber at that point. So I, would, I guess what you need to know, you know, let's 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 transition to the Oilers. I've been, we've all been hearing people say, "Get a goalie, get a goalie." I can't believe Ken Holland hasn't got a goalie. Well, they went after Markstrom, and Markstrom didn't want to come here. Then he went after Kemper, and Kemper didn't want to come here. Uh, Flurry in Chicago, he didn't want to come here. So you know, maybe Deno said to himself. I've had enough of playing in Montreal in the focus. I want to. I'm a UFA. I'm coming off a great year. I'm going to go play somewhere in the south and, and not have this hassle. We don't know that, so I'm not going to blame Bergevin until I have more information. But your your points are well taken on the impact of him leaving your team. He's a he's the guts of that Habs team last year up front, and we're seeing it. Like they 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 didn't have they missed him on so many fronts this year. Bob wasn't even funny. 
Uh, hey, uh, a text comes in. B says, Bob, big oversight and not mentioning Barry Beck on those uh, new Westminster Bruin teams. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Good player. Do you remember when he straight-jacketed uh, Dave Brown in the brawl? Just got on top of him and pinned Dave Brown's arms down, and Dave couldn't do anything? Like, that's how strong Barry Beck was. Barry Beck, remember when he came back and played for the Kings, like, in 89, 90 years? I think it was 89. He hadn't played in, like, four years. He had all those uh, shoulder problems, and he ended up back problems. Ended up coming back out of the blue. He looked pretty good. All right, Mark, speaking of looking pretty good, we talked about the Kings, and now we're going to talk about the Kings of the CONCACAF. In your, uh, did, let me ask you this: Five years ago, three years ago, could you have perceived Canada as being the best soccer program in Concacaf? Yeah, well, of course not, right? The states have, have been, you know, states of Mexico have owned the owned the place for a long time, and you know, so what happens, right? Why does Canada, you know, why do we get better the way we have? Like, why are Guys who have dual citizenships, this is what the soccer people are saying here, that guys with dual citizenships used to choose to go to another country where they might not get even to start instead of playing for Canada because Canada was didn't have a chance, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If those guys start to show up, maybe you do have a chance, and that's what's happened here. There's a handful of guys that have a choice where to play. And, you know, then you throw in a guy like Alfonso Davies is one of the clearly one of the great soccer players, you know, one of the top players in the world right now. So he's playing for you. Now the other guys say, man, I want to come play with this Fonzie guy. And all of a sudden you got enough players that your team's pretty good here, Bob. Like this is, you know, they didn't just win, take the CONCACAF. Like they've been in front of it from start to finish in this thing. And they've been really, really strong here. Mark. They haven't even had Davies for their last five uh, qualifying matches. And it's the pace that, you know, and it's funny, as a guy who worked in youth sports, and I often wondered, how would a coach do crossing over from coaching a women's team to coaching a men's team? It doesn't happen a lot, but it's got to be stated. John Herdman has obviously coached belief in his team. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Canada, I like teams that attack. You know that. In every, I don't like defensive, passive teams. I like teams in every sport. I like teams. I mean, there's a term, Gegenpress, that Jurgen Klopp deploys with Liverpool. And he is, you know, reinstalled Liverpool's place as an elite international uh, brand again. I mean, th- this is a program that went through two of the most horrific off-the-field incidents Ever right at the '85 Champions League, and then the I think it was the '89, um, the Hillsborough uh, fire incident, uh, and and the bottom, you know, and just awful situations involving it. But they, I love managers and coaches that play a full press. And Nolan Richardson, Arkansas in basketball, did it as well. Forty minutes of absolute pressure. Canada play. They attack. They use their athleticism. They've got style and panache. They're an exciting team to watch. It's it, Mark. It's, it's this guy. You got to know right now that Premier League teams are sitting there. While he's under contract to the end of 2026, it's pretty exciting what's going on here with Canada. Well, and it's a you know there's so many moving parts when you're a Nash, Canadian national team, like a team of disrespect in the or a country that doesn't get a lot of respect in the soccer world. So. You know, in the past, the Canadian guys playing over there, the odd Canadian that we produced that went over and played in Europe, he'd say, hey, I gotta, you know, I'd like to go home and play on my national team and play in the, in, you know, let's say the World Cup window here. 
And his team would say, oh, Canada, you're going on to play for Canada. What are you wasting your time for? Look, you can go, but you might not have your starting job here when you come back, right? Because, you know what, like, what were you coming back to play for? So guys didn't come, and, and, and guys were scared to come. And now you get some players, and now you got a team worth coming back for. And you got some players with a little bit of sway. And, you know, you think that, that Bayern Munich's telling Alfonso Davies he's not going to have a spot when he gets back? I don't think so, right? Because he's such a good player. So, you know, there's a million different little moving parts that have all started to come together. Canada's getting some respect from all around the soccer world, Bob. And that help, that allows you to be able to put all your boys together. And now when we get all our best guys on the field at the same time, you look at the group and you go, hey, you know what? There's not such a bad team here these days, is it? Herdman said in a BBC story that Canada is a sleeping giant in international soccer. He said they have ton. It's a it's a country that's open to immigration. They've got a lot of great athletes, and they don't all play hockey. It's really intriguing to watch. So that part's changing, right? That part's yeah. also changing. Right? Hockey's expensive, and you know what? I'll keep go back to Alfonso Davies. You know, born in an internment camp, comes his family comes here from, you know, from Liberia, and they don't have much when they show up in Edmonton. You think they're playing hockey? Right? You think they've got the money and the wherewithal? They came to Sports Central so that the boys could have bikes and soccer, you know, and a, a couple of balls and some cleats and a bike to get to free footy. <laughs> so they're not playing for the, you know, God bless the, the hockey world out here, but that's, they weren't candidates for that economically. And guess what? One of our best athletes Evan has ever produced plays soccer, and, and, you know, the rest is history, isn't it? We live in a pretty special time, Spec, when the uh, best German player ever born, maybe right now you can make an argument he's the best uh, European player in the NHL from uh, Cologne, plays for the Edmonton Oilers, and the best player in CONCACAF is Alfonso Davies. He's from Edmonton, and he's playing for Bayern Munich. We're in a special time. Spec, enjoy enjoy the lovely day. i got to drive out to uh, go see the guys at Brent Ridge Ford later today. I'll see you tomorrow, all right? All right, Bobby. That's Sportsnet Spec Mark Spector for the horses in horse racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. A reminder, you can uh, watch and wager hbibet.com for the standard bird racing currently taking place down at Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. Uh, I mentioned it. I mentioned it. Uh, Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, 11-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. Tremendous honor for their staff, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, dedicated to ensuring your customer experience is outstanding. Reach out to Brent Ridge Ford, one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. When we come back, NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing, and we'll do the Orders Now Prospect Report for Scott Arthur Millwork. It is 1:23 in Edmonton. You're listening to Orders Now. Now it's your chance to lace up and win one epic night at Rogers Place. Can you stick handle adding up the Oilers jersey numbers? If you can get the biscuit top shelf, you can be on your way with nine friends to an Oilers VIP experience. Put on your bucket, hang on to your chiclets, and get ready to score with 6.30 Chad. Let's uh, tell you right now, it's time for your team one epic contest. All you have to do today is add up the jersey numbers of Mike Smith and Kyler Yamamoto. Then you head over to the contest page at 630chat.com to enter the value of the two jerseys as the code word of the day. 
Daily Oilers ticket contest winners will be announced on 6.30 Chad mornings with Chelsea Bird and Daryl McIntyre. The grand prize winner announced on April 4th will receive tickets for them and nine friends to attend the April 22nd Oilers game hosted in a VIP suite with Daryl McIntyre. After the game, your team will take the ice for a post-game skate. Again, uh, Mike Smith and Kyler Yamamoto. And head to the contest page at 630Ched.com. Got to add those numbers up. As promised into NHL today, it is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded mar- merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com, and here is Cody Jansen. Well, a very sad note to start things off here. Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick has passed away. They announced yesterday at the age of 62. A couple of notes from the NHL GM meetings in Florida. The salary cap, it's going to go up by $1 million next season. GMs have been told. And in 2024, we should see the World Cup of Hockey come back. No Team Europe, no Team North America youngsters, though, this time. And former Oiler Ladislav Smee, he's announced his retirement from hockey at the age of 36. Great guy. Ladislav Schmid was one of the best guys to deal with all time. He was just a beauty. A little bit of a throwback player on the ice. Uh, tough guy, solid guy, uh, treated everybody the same. That was part of the traveling party. Super dude, spent a lot of time here in Edmonton even after he ended up uh, uh, getting traded to the Calgary Flames. Remember that? That was a, a rare thing when that happened. This just after he'd signed a four-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers with Steve Tamalini and then was turned around and dealt to the Calgary Flames. All right, the Oilers Now Prospect Report is brought to you Tuesdays and Thursdays by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com. And here's Brendan. Or check that. Here is Cody. <laughs> Cody today. Hey, hey, Cody, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Hey, after we're in the West Regional, Carter Savoy and the Denver Pioneers are going to face Michigan in the Frozen Four. Yikes. Savoy scored the game winner in the quarterfinals and has got two goals in two games so far in the NCAA tournament. Matt Faye Petrov's got a pair of goals over the weekend as North Bay beat Niagara and Mississauga. Petrov's now got 34 on the season. And in Oshawa, Captain Tyler Tulio, Picked up a goal in the Generals' win over the Barry Colts on the weekend. He's got 77 points in 59 games. Uh, Xavier Borgo with two goals, four points in his last two games as well. I see Borgo and Tulio in the with the Bakersfield Condors next season. TBA on Carter Savoy, who's finishing up year two at Denver. And the wild card's Matthew Petrov. I think Petrov, who is a right-shooting left wing, um... I could see him returning to OHL. He was the number one draft pick in the CHL import draft a couple of years ago. Uh, again, that is our Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork. It is 128 in Edmonton, and we are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and then we're going to head out to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and hook up with Alberta Golden Bears coach and former Edmonton Oilers player and coach Ian Herbers. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.